0: Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 503. We're recording this live on Friday, um, the 12th of June, 2020. Um, You can join us on the live show by going to the WP Tonic facebook page and you can comment there and be sarca- as sarcastic as i am sometimes is that possible listeners and viewers i do not know actually but it seems that you like like me that way but there we go um got a great panel i've got some decent stories i think it's going to be a great show i'm going to let my um first interview co-host introduce himself first adrian would you like to introduce yourself Hi,
2: everyone. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We help small businesses launch
1: their marketing strategy.
2: Yeah,
1: that was a good start. You broke up there a little bit, but there we go. Um, Chris, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers?
3: Yep. My name is Chris. I help course creators create, launch, and scale. I have a WordPress learning management system called Lifter LMS and a podcast for course creators called LMScast.
1: That's great. Vito, would you like to
4: introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm Vito. I'm the founder and CEO of WP Feedback. Uh, We help uh, our clients, freelancers and agencies that manage and build WordPress websites, manage their client communications through our dashboards and our suite of tools.
1: And Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself?
5: Sure, Spencer Foreman from LaunchFlows.com. We help people build custom WooCommerce checkout experiences with Elementor, WP Fusion, membership marketing automation, and more.
1: And more. Stephen,
5: would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, Stephen Satter from Zipfish. We help make WordPress
6: websites faster by not just sticking on fast servers, but also optimizing the code that runs.
1: That's great. Before we go into the main stories, I want to talk about some of our sponsors that really help keep the show running and pay for some of the expenses linked to producing the shows. And we're starting off with Kinsta. Kinsta um, have been the major sponsor of the show for over two years now. And we also host the WP Tonic website. On their hosting, it's Google Cloud Hosting. Um, They're just a great company. They're a great company to deal with Um, when it comes to sponsoring. They've just been really supportive. And their hosting is pretty good. It's better than, than I would say, 99% of what's out there. Um, Not only when it comes to speed, stability, but the functionality you get from their interface. They provide all the bells and whistles, Plus, you get fantastic support 24-7 from people that really know. I think one of the key things, when I've ever had a problem with my own site or some other client sites that are hosting with Kinster, when I've done the outreach, the person that solved the problem was the original person. I've not had to be passed around, which happens so much with a lot of other hosting companies and just wastes your time. If that sounds interesting for your own projects or for your clients, go over to Kinster, look at what they got their offer and I suggest you, you should buy one of their plans. And the other main thing is tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. Our other sponsor is WP Fusion, a real friend of the show, um, really supportive of the show and what it's about, but it's a great product as well. It, if you've got a CRM like Active Campaign um, Drip, the, there's over 200 that uh, wp fusion supports which is an amazing fact on its own i just don't know how they keep up with it all but it really allows your wordpress website to communicate with these crms so you can do modern marketing the way you should be doing it in 2020 for yourself and for your clients so if that sounds interesting go over to wp fusion and have a look at their plans and like like tell them if you decide to buy one of them for yourself or your client, that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So on to the stories. So the first one, our free um, is AppSumo worth the hassle for WordPress plug developers. So what, you brought this up, Spencer, so you can start off.
5: Yeah. Um, Freemius, uh, an interesting, nice plugin. A uh, friend of us, uh, Vova Feldman, and these articles are very well written. So this uh, article by Puneet was actually very balanced. I have no problems with the article, but what it does bring up to my mind is, as an author of a plugin or somebody who's offering services, why in a flourishing, absolutely flourishing opportunistic environment that we have now for getting online, would anybody give away 90% of the revenue just to acquire a customer for a product that that may or may not have the person come back the next year and pay full price. Because when I used to teach freelance web design at one WD or first web designer, we used to, I had a little metaphor called don't go looking for help in the red light district. If you are a freelancer and you advertise yourself like a prostitute in the red light district of Amsterdam, you are not going to find the man or woman of your dreams, the long term relationship of your dreams. You're not going to find what you're looking for. It's a short term solution to a problem. Similarly, if you are looking for traffic or prospects or clients, if you are going to whore yourself out by giving 90% of your profit away for a product in the first year, you well better be prepared for the fact that at the end of the year, You have no marriage proposal, no long-term relationship, and really no customers because there's a mismatch between whom you were looking for and the people that actually gave you the money. People who go to AppSumo are looking for bargain basement fire sale pricing like Groupon used to be back in the day when the economy tanked in the mid-2000s. This is the same thing. Now, I cannot fault AppSumo at all. They provide an amazing service, great mailing list. They built a huge business. Because people are looking for bargain basement deals. But as an author or a developer in WordPress, if you go use that, you have to have your head examined, as far as I'm concerned.
1: I don't totally agree with that. Well, I... I, I, um... Because you're
5: not making a piece of software. You're doing a service. If I said to you, Jonathan, for your client that you right now charge $2,500 to $5,000, do that job for $250 and take on a 1,000 new clients, you would say, you've gone bonkers, Spence. And I'd say, you're right. <laughs> but when you write a piece of software, somehow you're,
1: you're supposed You've gone bonkers, You've been bonkers for a lot longer than, than you i know. you. Let, let me
5: give you an example. And everybody here can attest to it. Chris and Adrian, especially, Stephen and his own reason, and Vito now, you know, a couple of years. When you sell software, you are not selling the code you are selling a promise to support the batshit crazy questions that come your way from people who think they have bought a piece of your soul because they gave you a nickel. (laughs) And so if you do a lifetime deal, we talked about this before, there are certain circumstances, Hail Mary passes that it's okay. But in this case, without a lifetime deal to do a one-time relationship where you promise for a year to support giving away your soul to crazy people for a dime on the dollar, you deserve exactly what you get, which will be a never-ending stream of crazy calls. And
1: yeah. It depends on how much, you know, I don't know how much Fiend, what's, I don't know what, what's Fiend for his cut. Do anybody know? Do you know fee it, it's Hefty. It's pretty much the same. Uh, first of all, it's not
4: 90% spent. It's like uh, 60 to 70% that absum is taking. And that's usually the case also with other uh, marketplaces like Envato as you're starting off.
5: 90% yeah. is your net revenue by the time you're done with this. That was what the calculations are on the article. <laughs> right. That When he was done, he ended up with 10 cents on the dollar for the plugin. And he was comparing it, which is a fair... I mean, the article was very well written. If I just spent the money on ad dollars or Facebook ads, what would I end up with? Even if I know nothing, like we were just joking about with Adrian, who wrote that amazing article about how to do marketing uh, with ads. Even if you're total rookie and you just throw money at Zuckerberg, you're going to do better because you're going to sell your product at full price or slight discount. And when the people renew or when they have questions, they have a different mindset than a fire sale shopper who doesn't give a hoot about what you're doing or respecting your time. And I think that's the problem. If you whore yourself out, you're going to get pimps or, you know, johns. You're not yeah. going to be getting... Can I, give ripped- the, uh, can I
4: balance this out a little bit? Go ahead. <laughs>
5: It's just, this is what's so ironic is that I lived through the whole Groupon thing. I mean, again, I've been through a couple of different economic cycles and Groupon imploded the same way. It went from like, got to have everything on Groupon for about 11 months to, I wouldn't touch this with a 10 foot pole because the, the, the physical businesses who did it got hosed. They just gave away everything right. they had and got nothing well, on them.
1: Right. What do, you, what do you reckon about this, Chris?
3: I would absolutely do it if I was at the beginning of my product. But if I was uh, already moving, and they reached out to me. I think they reached out to a lot of WordPress plugin people within the past year. Um, I looked at it for a second, but I said no, because I was already established. There was a lot of um, potential for people who paid full price to find out about it and not be happy about that. But if I was in the beginning and toothing and clawing and being scrappy to get my first customers, I would consider it but uh, it, it does pose a very real risk of not being profitable at all for you. But it is a user acquisition and a, and a growth hacking strategy that's valid in the early days.
4: I think that there could be a few ways that you can actually leverage something like this. Essentially, you're acquiring the user, Spencer. So the, and the cost to acquire a user is in, in our space is a, a lot of times a lot higher than the cost of the first payment. Uh, especially if you're selling like for like a 40 bucks product and something like that uh, but Punit is a great example he has a suite of products and he has a like a, and he's and he's planning a whole bunch more you know like his company builds products so while you acquire the user through one product you delight in something question. that is an easy offering i
1: got, I got one yeah. question here you know did you when you were looking at your own plugin did you really really you know, we're thinking about going on. There it was it was one of my uh, uh, go to
4: market uh, potential strategies. You know, so when we were building this out, I was thinking like, okay, how do we get it out there? And Absumo was definitely on, uh, on but the in top. But in the end, or, yeah, the but, in the end the list. but in the end, you chose not to. Right. The reason why I chose not to is because I realized that I can sell. You know, like I knew that I can sell. I knew how to run ads. I knew how to kind of get into a market and do this because we did that to the agency. I see this use case as an amazing place for people that, that don't have any marketing skill to get things uh, started. Uh, uh, that's one point. Also, I figured that if I go to AppSumo and I'll get and I'll sell the plugin for, I don't know, 50 bucks each or one domain or whatever, you know, that's basically the the, the sweet spot is like 50 bucks. Um, I I would get... I would need to get like 2000 users to get to my goal instead of selling a lifetime for 500 bucks, which is what we did uh, as our go to strategy I acquired 200 people and got to the, to the, to the six figure goal that we had. Uh, so it was, it just made a lot more sense out uh, from, from that, but only because I know how to build a marketing funnel and how to drive people through this and get them to a, a you know, to to go through that process. Um, For for developers that don't know, it is a great place for acquisition, but you got to think of the next steps. That's where the profit is. Because Spencer, you're right with what you said about Groupon. That's where people failed uh, because they expected the the customer to return for more of the same thing that they bought initially. Uh, But the first thing that you bought was devalued by the initial offer anyway. So the next purchase around it is much harder to do. What you can do is you already have a customer
5: that if you're delighted, you can sell something else. I I don't see how that logic applies. I respect what you're saying, but I don't understand how the logic applies. Here's why. Unless you're saying you're going to use a special tripwire product, that is not in any way associated right. with your core offer, which,
4: which I think, which I think, what is what put did with with uh, WP Formify is it's a, is a basi- it's a pretty not,
5: basic plugin, you know. But that's a problem, and here's why. For example, if we, I don't want to pick on any particular plugin, but I'll speak to what I can say. I support, right? Oh, it's, it's a great plugin. We use it ourselves. <laughs> I bought the APSU deal, by the way. <laughs> a value buyer, but I'm saying the point is somebody who comes along in the WordPress repository. Let's say they take WP Fusion Lite. Now, Jack and I have had this conversation. He packs a crap ton of value into that light plugin. There's a good majority of people who just literally speaking do not need to buy the the paid product. The reason that the AppSumo thing fails is because unlike putting something for free in the repository where you can say to somebody, look, here's the free thing, start a relationship, but you're going to pay me when you want my support. The difference here is you're selling something where you know you have to support them. And what you're selling in open source software is the support. So you're saying, I'm going to be your whore for 10 cents on the dollar. And they're going to demand that of you. And then the worst part is there's no way you're converting somebody. Chris Lemma talked about this with Adrian and John about three weeks ago. There's no way if you offer somebody a ten 60 cents or 50 cents on the dollar deal where you net 10 cents there's mm-hmm. no way those people are going to come back later and be thrilled to pay you full retail price or even close instead First they're so. gonna be angry at you and saying that's what I'm that's what I said yeah, that like
4: it's devalued the, the initial product but you can sell 15 other 50 bucks products for
5: the 4,000 people that they might have acquired from this process. I just don't That's understand awesome. what the difference is between this and just doing something where, for example, if if AppSumo in the net was like closer to 50-50, I think most of my arguments would go away. Cost of doing business. I'm saying if you took the other argument in the article, which is spend the same money on building relationships via Facebook ads, Facebook groups, other creators, other audiences, which is a strategy I've talked about for years and it seems yeah. to work just fine. Then there's no difference between what somebody's coming to you for and what you end up with is a relationship. Whereas here, people are coming to you like, oh, you're going out of business or, oh, you're giving it away for free. And you can't convert that relationship into a value what I do with my time relationship. Those people will not pay for upsells and other kind of valuable services.
1: Before we move on, um, I, don't, I don't actually follow your logic when it comes to to them really, but well, but I do follow what you know what comes to mind is i themes when when they were going um, they they were they were discounting all the time, you know literally, if you bought their product at full price, i you needed your head examined because they're always offering twenty five thirty fifty ninety percent discounts all the bloody time, so why would anybody? You know, buy uh, iThemes products at the normal retail price. They they would need their brains examining. So when you go down that route, I totally agree with you, Spencer. But when it's a kind of one-off, like what Chris was remarking, when you, you or you know, you're trying to enter a market, or you, you might be have you you might be moving a product in a totally different direction. I, I don't really see, I see the problem when you only get 10 what's, cents. What's the though.
5: benefit then? If you, hold on, if you look at the numbers of what the guy made in profit, what's the benefit of going through the whole it, thing if the customers you get don't make you profit or give you a long-term relationship that's profitable? You've gone through the whole exercise for pay. Well, that's what
1: money. I don't agree with. I think, I think I think, I think some of them you're totally correct, but you're you're trying to, a whole group of of buyers and you're just sticking a particular view you have of them all. I would say the buyers of it, some of them are like what, you're, what you've what you just said, but trying to describe all the buyers on that platform in the mindset that you're trying to present is just not realistic, Spencer. I, can I think
4: been, we, we all so buy stuff there.
1: I've so been waiting. Patiently. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, Thanks. Um,
2: so on on the on the account of the very like low cost bargain basement users who usually end up signing up for AppSumo. I actually know a lot of these people. A lot of them come from like the WAS uh community, which is big on lifetime deals because they're trying to build the SaaS on like extremely low budgets. So they're like super big on the whole LTD thing. And uh those, and, and there's a huge support burden for that kind of audience when a, your product is like a platform product, like mine or, or like Chris's, uh, there's less of a support burden when you're, when you have something like a utility product, like uh, Vito mentioned, WP Fomify, which is like you install it and it just works, right? Yeah, and there's, exactly. there's like very little support uh, to do. And So it's really dependent whether you're going to do well if you have a support-intensive product or a support-non-intensive product. If you have a support-non-intensive product, uh, you can probably swing it with the user acquisition method by a deal with AppSumo. The issue is uh, on top of them getting like 70% of the total sales, you actually have to discount the price on top of your regular price on top of that, which I don't think anybody's mentioned yet. So if you have like a $1,000 product, be prepared to get rid of it for $59. That's why
5: the 10%, I see. That's how you get to 10%, exactly. Because you discount the product, then you give away 70%, then you get marketing costs, and you end up with like 10 cents out of a dollar.
2: I don't think anybody's mentioned that. So if you have a $1,000 product, be prepared to give it away for $59 for the lifetime of that customer. So really the only way I see being able to put together a strategy where an AppSumo deal for customer acquisition makes sense if you have something like a platform product like myself or Chris or, or any of the other big ones out there, it's to create the most basic, minimum viable, usable plan with like all of like the, the, your support-intensive parts of the platform removed and then give away that super basic software for that bargain basement cost. The problem is I, AppSumo reached out to me and they wanted the, the pro plan, which is like our whole encompassing suite of products on AppSumo for like a ridiculously real price. And I'm like, I am sorry, but that in no way, shape or form is something feasible for me. If I accept that plan, it would put me out of business because the support requirements would just, like, overwhelm me and we wouldn't have the money to invest in dedicated staff to support that. If you have a utility product, you can create that minimum viable plan to put on Sumo as lead generation, and eventually they're going to get to a point where if they actually use it, and I think probably there's, there's also a whole group of people that just acquire products because they love acquiring products and they never actually use it. That's something to take into account. So if you say like maybe like only 30% of these people who acquire a product actually implement it, then you can count on a certain percentage of those eventually buying. It's going to be a small percentage, maybe probably less than five. But if, you, if your upgraded plan If 5% of your total sales, your estimated total sales end up buying an additional plan where they upgrade to more features or more contacts or whatever, then you can make that work. But you have to do the planning and the research on, all right, what's my expected return? How many customers can I expect? If I, you know, worst case scenario, 3% of people end up upgrading, what's my return on that? Is it worth it? Can I afford it? Because really, uh, the the question is, can you afford the cost of all of those users and their support costs long-term? That's really where it plays in. It's all great to see all that money flood in in the beginning, but, you know, now you, as Spencer said, now you have to deliver on the promise that you made to those people, regardless of how much they spent.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to uh, put it over to Stephen and then we'll probably go for it. Thanks, I'll make, I'll make this really uh, fast. But I, think- I just want to put this to you first, Stephen. Um, everything, what, you know, Adrian and Spencer and Chris and Vito said, but don't you think if you, you know, if you're established plug-in developer, you know, I would say there, there probably isn't a lot of value yeah, you're going to get. Yeah. But if you're trying to get started, you know, there's so much volume out there. There's so much noise in the marketplace. You know, it's really hard to get something going, isn't it? Does it have any value when you're trying to get something going? You know, you're trying to get... Yeah.
6: AppSumo is a marketing channel and should be treated as a marketing channel, just like Facebook ads or Google ads or billboards or running an ad in your local paper, however you want to market your product. Now, some will have more value to you and some will have less value to you, but that value is relative to the product and service that you're offering. And so I can see situations where AppSumo makes a hundred percent sense and other times where if somebody would use AppSumo, that's absolutely crazy. So it's finding out exactly what you're trying to do from a marketing angle and treat it as such. If you don't have any budget to run Facebook ads, and you need some revenue, AppSumo might be the only legitimate way to get your product in front of thousands and thousands of people. But if you have Facebook money, and you can run ads, and you can make it make sense, then like maybe that's a better direction. It all depends. and if you start analyzing what AppSumo is trying to do as a profit generation sort of thing versus just pure ad network kind of sort of situation, then I think you're giving AppSumo like too much weight or you make the problem more complex than it has to be.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's great, greatly put because that's how I see it. I just see it as a marketing platform where, you know, it doesn't cost, in long term, it will cost you money, like Adrian said, depending on the project. Because, you know, you've got to take in support and a lot of them don't. But on the other hand, they're still making 10% where they put the efforts out. You know, it's just ongoing costs. So, okay. 10% for 100 700 yep. people on your head, you
5: know. That, that's just bullshit because that's like saying I'm going to adopt children and raise them for 10 cents on the dollar. Did you, did have, you know I was doing that? You have to support <laughs> the, the people that buy at full emotional you know, value they're going to expect a i of English, they don't get any emotional support. I mean, 700, 700 customers is a lot of customers
4: to support, you know. Like, if they no less,
5: each have like one, one problem a month or two months, No, it doesn't work. I, I think Adrian put the cap on that one. There are certain instances that it's a Swiss army knife, set it, forget it, whatever. Fine, yeah, oh, like that. Fine, way. Yeah, 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 but fine. like, if you have some plugin like all of us have that it yeah, connects yeah. We're, with we're other stuff platform, and there's right. business involved, it's like. For, for God's sake, I mean, I, again, I'll refer to WP Fusion, one of the plugins that is amazing in its utilitarian nature, right? Jack's answering 128 emails a day sometimes, 128. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what is going on here? We talk about it a lot because the plugin is so useful across so many different situations that everybody's yeah. building Frankenstein monsters. If you've got a plugin like that and you take on 1,000 people for 10 cents on the dollar you are going to have 1,200 emails a day that you're going to have to answer till you end yourself because you won't be able to keep up with it. And that's where I've yes. been with businesses before. When I did the, the first web designer stuff, 1WDTV, we used to do these crazy things where you'd let somebody on board. And remember back when ADP and our started Woo, WooCommerce or Theme. sorry, he gave away a lifetime deal. They had to rescind it because it killed their business. This is just. We got to move.
1: We got to move on. Uh, we're going to go for our break, and we'll be back with some other stories. <laughs> All right, you've had a good whack at this, Spencer. Um, so, so, <laughs> folks, we're going for our break, it and we're we out now. So we
0: got we got some other they're, great they're, stories they're to discuss. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need Wputonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp tonic just like the podcast. We're coming back. (laughs) We had an interesting, but prolonged
1: discussion in the first half of the show. Let's, Let's get this moving. So number two, researchers detail huge hack for high campaigns against environmentalists.
3: What did you think of this one, Chris? Every tool is a weapon if you hold it right. And there's the system and then there's the people that work outside of the system. And there's different systems overlapping other systems. With different rules so yeah I mean social media can be weaponized hacking can be weaponized right now as a company we're actually looking into uh, hacker one and bug crowd to help harden our to ethically hack our tool to make it even more secure but this those same people are not those same people but people with that skill set can be paid a different way to be mercenaries for whatever cause. Maybe they believe in it, maybe they don't, maybe they just need the money cuz they got laid off or you know what or maybe they believe in the politics behind the message or who they're fighting against. So it's just a weapon. It's a it's a new world weapon. It's a it's a 2.0 weapon to hack and uh I think you're going to see it on all sides. It's just part of what we need to consider is uh who's who's behinding it who's behind it who's paying for it mm-hmm. and what's the goal if we know the answers to that we can have a more intelligent conversation around these types of things like we saw in Cambridge Analytica yeah what do you
1: reckon though, about this this one uh
2: so uh, i wanted to I'll, i want to take a different route so There, there's like two types of hacking. There's like the traditional hacking, which is, you know, doing the phishing scams or like breaking into the database. You see the coder with like the gloves on, like, you know, sitting in front of a dark screen in a dark room, breaking through a a mainframe or something. And then there's like social engineering or like social hacking. And I've seen a lot of posts just on, on Facebook or whatever, specifically targeting like green Greenpeace, for example, as like a conspiracy where they're uh trying to prevent they're they're funded by certain groups and they're providing at least in Canada they're they're actually funded by American oil to prevent Canadian oil from being uh moved elsewhere so that we're like fully dependent on the United States and that we can't get our oil out of the country so it's like so it invalidates them on a social level rather than at like the technology level. And it's super interesting to see how that kind of plays out because you look at the comment section of those obviously like sponsored by somebody videos and like, all right, well, who's paying for it? You know, who's social engineering me now in order to like think that Greenpeace is like a big conspiracy intent on destroying Canadian oil? Well, who is it? Well, probably Canadian oil. and And so that's another way that Hacking can actually occur that most people don't really, really think about. And, you know, you, it's like the whole concept of fake news. It's really just a form of social hacking.
1: That's great. What do you reckon, Stephen?
6: Yeah, I really like the uh, sentiment that um, anything can become a weapon depending on how you hold it or any tool can become a weapon depending on how you hold it. Like, it's people will be hacking and what is considered like white hat and what consider what's considered black hat depends a lot on the society that you're in and what's going on. Um, if the environmentalists, um, like that are, you know, being hacked or what are that are like, uh, I don't know. You, you you change up those people for different sort of things that are a little bit more malicious or a little bit more, um, questionable and you can change the conversation a lot. Um, and,
1: yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that's going on. Yeah, what about you, Vito?
4: Um, I agree completely with what Chris is saying. Nothing um, more to say about this from my side. I think sure. it's just you know, for our audience. It's just a matter of um, uh, realizing, just f- like floating these sub- these topics and talking about this. Um, hopefully, will help more uh, agencies uh, realize that they need to invest a little more into security
5: because uh, I know that a lot are not.
1: Yeah. What do you reckon, Spencer?
5: I think Chris said it best. Uh, any tool is a weapon if you want it to be.
1: Right, yo, know, on to story three. Then this was brought to my attention by a listener. So, listeners and viewers, if you've got any stories about Automatic you want to send my way, please, free, free. I'll, I'll publish them where others. Um, how Automatic gutted. Long reads. Never even, when, I, when I was first sent this story, I, I, I never even heard of long reads. Uh, um, and what, what did you reckon about this one, Adrian?
2: Um, well, the media industry has just been like on a downward like spiral for so long. It's just, it's, it's barely profitable, if not profitable at all. With the, one of the biggest papers in Canada, in our country is called the Toronto Star. And they recently had to take their company from public to private oh. just to keep the lights on. Biggest paper in the country by, by far, uh, besides maybe yeah, the, the national
1: Canadian, ones. But it is a Canadian paper. So it is it was, a Canadian paper. So it's a snooze fest, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not recently. We've been having lots of fun, in the, in the, at least in the political scene recently. Uh, yeah. At least entertaining for us Canadians. Yeah. But it's just so hard and it's hard to, you know, attribute malice to a company that's like, all right, this branch is just tanking. Do we kill it? Do we keep it alive out of the goodness of our hearts? Or do we make the prudent business decision to, to just, you know, end it? It's unfortunate that they did that in a way that left a lot of their contractors in the dark. And that's, you know, that's kind of a risk when you take a contractor position rather than an actual like employment situation, because, you know, if that company decides not to renew your contract, well, they are under no legal obligation to provide you with compensation or severance or any of those things, unless you're in Canada, in which case if you're an con- independent contractor, you can actually get severance. Uh, if you, the contract position was your only form of employment in the United States, I don't really know what employment law is down there. So a little bit uh, murky for me anyway. Yes, it's unfortunate, and, but it's hard to it's hard to say how dare they make these cuts and how dare they, because if it's well, not
1: making I'm money, gonna, it's not making money. Yeah, I see. Uh, you're expressing a lot of my own views, but Spencer, I think what rubbed, I think why they the person sent me this story and asked me to look at it and that is that it's like what we've stated before. It's the kind of public um, persona of Matt and the reality of automatic. That Sometimes they don't, They don't fit, do they? What do you reckon?
5: I mean, you could look at it through that lens as well. I think it's part of the same scenario, which is like a board game. There's a strategy that could involve directly and obviously acquiring something to maximize its potential or acquiring something to prevent somebody else from doing something with it. And... If I talk in Matt Mullenwike voice and say why I bought it in 2014, I may talk about the public good and, blah, blah, and it sounds a lot like Tumblr or all the other acquisitions they made. But the reality is, whether it's because the market economies have changed or because it was your thing all along, you could just strangle it to death quietly in the background and make it go away as a nuisance. Now, in 2014, maybe Longreads was perceived as a potential competitor or an annoyance mm-hmm. or stealing market share. So they decided to just strangle it to death by dribs and drabs. And now they just have the official excuse to, well, the economy's bad and, you know, it's true. Publications are different. But where's the Tumblr magic going on? And uh, what's coming on with that next, uh, you know, the the JavaScript company? Let's watch those. And I think you'll see a similar pattern. I don't believe anytime I hear of an automatic acquisition that they're going to do something with it. They're acquiring it as part of the strategy to get it out of the way so that people don't be distracted by something. And listen, it's worked for all the Silicon Valley companies. We just, uh, I was just reading some of the new Russell Brunson material and he talked about how, you know, Instagram stories uh, was the tool that was used by Mark Zuckerberg to get revenge at Snapchat because they wouldn't sell him Snapchat for 3 billion. So he stole all their features, made some cool stuff on Instagram stories and, and kicked Snapchat's ass. Although they're rebounding back. That is essentially what's going on here, which is, hey, it's not serving our purpose. Let's kill it, bury it, and be done with it. So let me. All
1: right. Um shall we move on to, to anybody else want remark on this or shall we move on to story four? No, it's all right. Let's move on to story four then. Um how to build an audience without spending money on Facebook or Google Ads. So you wrote this, Adrian, but I thought you did a fantastic... what 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 made you decide to write about this and what was the main parts of it agent
2: well i do weekly office hours and at the and during our open q a period two weeks ago uh, one of chris's customers actually asked hey listen you know i have all of my funnels set up and i have you know my courses ready to go and i got nobody to put in them how do i where do i find customers and uh I was like, well, how did I find customers? And at the beginning, I wasted $3,000 on a Facebook ad strategy that just totally bombed and didn't work. And I detail exactly what the ad looked like and where I targeted and how much I spent in, in the article. And it's just a total like train wreck. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, there's certainly a time and a place for ads, which I'm sure other people will, mench- will mention. I find that Facebook ads work better if you already have an existing customer base that has social proof to like back up the ad, like one of the, one of the things you do is like, Hey, listen guys, I have this new ad, please go like comment how great it is. Or like, go like, like it or or react to it so that it looks like it has good engagement because ads with no engagement don't do well uh, compared to ads with lots of engagement. Of course, there's exceptions in everything to, to this always, but uh, I had barely any customers at the time I launched this ad. So there was very little engagement and therefore the ad didn't really work. Uh, so that was 3,000 out the drain. And then I, uh, I, I learned a few things from a few people, uh, Dan Martel and, and, and others. And I started to adopt a help first approach. And essentially, essentially the concept is, is, is you act kind of like a food truck. Uh, food trucks go to wherever their customers are, uh, so they will travel to uh, their hungry people, festivals, concerts, universities. Uh, they 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 show up, and eighty percent of success, any uh, percent of success is showing up, and the ninety percent is showing up on time. So what I would do is I would just go to other people's audiences where people needed help with marketing automation or email marketing or CRM, and I would just answer people's questions. And sometimes I was able to work groundhog into the solution. And that ended up me on your podcast and other people's podcasts. And ended up me on the panel. It ended up in Spencer's group and Jack's group and Chris's group and Vito's group and all of these different I met all of these different people just by showing up and helping people solve their problems. And that resulted in a network of people that I'm super grateful for a lot of you on the call here helped me for no money and no investment, no affiliate link, no nothing. And the only reason you helped me is because I was helping your people solve some sort of problem and you decided to help me help them. And that has resulted tenfold in in revenue in the bank account. And that, but the, the,
3: the, you the caveat... The
1: check. You can send me the check next week. <laughs> the,
2: the, the, the caveat to that is it's a slow... A process it takes time to build those relationships uh and it takes time to 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 see the see see the what I call the law of Oops. well I don't call it but the law of reciprocity so it takes it takes time to build up uh relationships with other people's audience and create relationships with customers and, and all of these <clears> things <throat> uh, I have been doing this process this help first approach for two years uh, and it's really starting. It's been really starting to pay off in the last three or four months. So it's a long process, but it's a very rewarding process because I have a super high five-star review rate for the number of customers that I have. I think I have a five percent five-star review rate for for every user that we have, which is a lot higher than most used WordPress plugins out there, which have like zero point zero five percent. So as I grow, that that review percentage stays stable because I foster those amazing relationships with my clients as well as with other industry leaders, and and that's really uh, that's that's really what I took away from my own growth, and that's how I put together this strategy. As long as you're helping people first, traveling to where they are so that you can help them where they are with the solutions that they have in place, you are able to create relationships, which helps you build a network, which helps you help their audiences, and it's kind of like an exponential size of audience that you can have influence on and help them to solve their problems, which in turn results in money. That's great. What do you reckon,
1: Vito? With the article.
2: Um, I think it's an amazing uh, go-to-market strategy
4: to get the ball uh, rolling. Uh, like you know, it's a bit of a uh, like with the title, like in another way of doing this uh, without spending money on Facebook and stuff. I think that this is the way to generate that initial budget. So, um, so that's how we started off. Like uh, you know, in some Facebook groups and stuff like that. Me going on and starting to talk to people, telling them about what we do and finding. A way to kind of like point out our solution, while of course helping providing value and not being spammy in the in the sense that we sometimes see inside the Facebook groups, uh, which is why I'm still in those groups uh, today. Um, but um, but then, like after we acquired those initial few customers, uh, that was my way of starting to fund ads to scale further. And so the, the point is, and that's something that I really conveyed to our customers, to the agency uh, back in the day, like you shouldn't invest money into a product before you can actually make money out of it. Uh, it's like you, It's got to it's have merit on its own. And this is a great way to check if it does. If it doesn't, if, it, if you're not generating revenue just from being active and talking about what you're doing, just being a nice person on some social accounts. Uh, then the product is probably not good and you still need to explore until you find product market fit. Uh, and that's the kind of the pool that you can play in. But once you do, and you know that you have some kind of edge, and it seems like you are, now is your time to take some of the money that you generated through these channels and scale this up through ads and take it even further to the next step while not stopping to do what you're doing. Because I, I support that and I think that this is the way. This is why we're all here. Provide yeah, value I,
1: I, I agree with you. I see the paid advertisement as as um, gasoline on the fire. Accelerator, yes. But you have got to have a fire. But the yes. only the only problem with a you know with this concept, I think at the beginning it's great, but at some at some stage it's not scalable, and that's when you have got to look at paid Absolutely. advertisement. But like I say, if you haven't got a fire to put the um, gasoline on, it's not going to make any difference. What do you reckon, Chris?
3: I just shared the article in my Facebook group because it's helpful, and uh, I've. I seen... think it's
1: more than helpful for you. <laughs> um, um, I, I that's the problem with learning um, courses, isn't it? Fundamentally, Chris, they they tend to concentrate on the technology, um, which is understandable. But so many of them, I've noticed that have approached me, and I've I've observed the conversations that you that you have and the time that you spend. They're, they're not really concentrating on the real problem, which is market is finding real market fit and really marketing to their target audience before they launch their course.
3: What do you reckon? Well, they, have, they have to wear a lot of hats. It's, uh, yeah. So they have to do a lot of different things. It's not a surprise to hear Adrian say somebody showed up ready to roll with no leads or plan in place. Um, consultative selling is what I'm all about. and I've, uh, I've been adding value on a podcast and a Facebook group, high touch customer service for almost six years with almost no paid ads. <laughs> I will probably get into paid ads soon. Uh, but through that method, um, I've gotten you know, somewhere around 50,000 people on an email list without a single paid ad and that I'm very involved in other people's Facebook groups and I'm you know, I can tell when somebody comes into my group and it's like, boom, spam, pitch, like they get blocked and booted, like done. Very but annoying. then there's people that actually show up, like Adrian does, helps people. Uh, Spencer, I saw you jump in our group the other day, answered a question about a funnel or something. Like, it's not hard to help, but, um, you know, you don't, helping is not dropping into a group and then immediately going into pitch mode. That's the, that's the big mistake people make. And unfortunately, um, uh, like books like uh, Ryan Levesque's book, Ask or Choose, you get the people that come in into your group and they say like, hey, what's your biggest challenge? And that's like their first comment in a Facebook group. And then they're going to pitch and then this whole yeah. thing happens. That's not consultative selling. Uh, it's all about pull marketing, not push. Like the always be closing Alec Baldwin thing. I love that. But that's old school that method is not the new method of how people communicate i think, I think the
1: other, i'm sorry to interrupt but i think the other thing that people in the wordpress community got to think about is i try and do this obviously i can't do it on the click facebook group or the kajabi support group because they will just kick me out but on independent facebook groups I try and, you know, when, when you get somebody coming up saying, well, should I look at Kajabi or should I look at this or should I consider Word? And then I, I kind of chime in and said, well, you should also consider WordPress and you should consider Lifter LMS. You yeah. know, don't dismiss WordPress because because of flexibility it's your it's your platform because um and i think we all got a duty um when we're going into these general groups and people are put is to put back in people's mind that they should consider wordpress what do you reckon about that chris
3: yeah yeah i mean i do that the first sale i have to make is often wordpress itself no, it has nothing to do with my tool. Then I then I sell my category, which is WordPress LMS. I'll mention Learn Dash. I'll mention Sensei. I'll mention all the other ones. And then there's time, then it makes sense to maybe mention my specific product or upselling somebody who's already using my product. But that's the thing. It's a it's a staged approach. And not everybody goes through a perfect funnel customer journey. But you have to think about that. Like what Adrian has here is like a very top of the funnel piece of content. I think the mistake people make with paid ads is they try to go right for the sale. If I was going to do paid ads for Groundhog, I'd, I'd send it right to this article. And then hopefully, Adrian has an intelligent like, flow from like, all right, after you've read this article, either in the sidebar or the call to action at the end, maybe there's a, another free thing. And there's a whole like, thought out customer journey process. Yeah.
1: What, do you, what did you reckon about the article, Spencer? Uh, the technique uh, that Adrian
5: did an amazing job, you know, uh, talking about here, I used to call and still do the birdie on the hippo's back. So if you look at those National Geographic's, you see this very dangerous creature that weighs tons and tons and it has these little birdies on the back that it very is, it's very happy to have, not just tolerate. The reason, because they eat the bugs on the back. So it's a symbiosis. You, Jonathan, had asked, well, where do I go to find an audience to light my thing on fire? Very simple. We all just talked about it. You find the pain that people have that something you or your product or service can fix, go to those communities, and for free, without spamming, without advertising, you go help, 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 help. And this, I can't resist my torch relit, goes back to why AppSumo's thing is not a good idea for starting a business. Because when you go with a new product and you help, 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 guess what happens for you? You learn what's the pain people have, why they need your product, what features your product should have, how you can streamline it down, how you can adjust the price, how you can sell it better. If you don't interact in a relationship, you can't please your partner. And if you think you could just make something new and then go out and give it away for free, it's like finding a mail order bride and expecting to have a happy relationship or a husband. The idea is inconceivable. Maybe one out of a thousand works. This strategy, Adrian, is outlined pure gold, and you just apply it to the audiences of existing groups where you know you have some degree of ability to teach what you learned yourself, right? The various stages are have a problem for yourself, learn how to fix it, learn how to teach it. Once you can teach it, you could start to sell it, but first give it away for free to make sure people want to buy it. That strategy is timeless, great article, bookmark it for everybody, but also this is what you should spend your time and money and effort on because this will pay dividends well beyond whatever number of acquisitions you get up front of people who don't care a bit about you or what your product oh, yeah. is. Sumo. I don't know. <laughs> Start, <laughs> it's nothing Start against the They're providing a circle. Uh, they're providing a service, but I don't think their service is applicable to WooCommerce authors. That's my thing. If you have like something that can, you know, like a Photoshop tool and it's like, whatever, great. It's not applicable to anybody who's making a, a product or service on WooCommerce or sorry on uh, WordPress. If
1: you ask me. Before we move on, uh, well, I, just, I was going to wrap it, wrap it up. Actually, I was going to ask Steve, and then you go on, then, go on,
2: Okay, before uh, sorry, uh, before we move on, I just go. the, uh, the mention of scale just came up, and and how it's difficult to continue the helping first approach at scale. Uh, there, I think there is a way that you can move from I the way that. I do it and Spencer does it, and Chris does it a lot. Is we do like, a lot of one on one, like we just travel from Facebook group to Facebook group and we just answer people's questions. And there's those like one people. Eventually, you'll get to a point where that's obviously not scalable in and of itself. There's only so many hours in a day, there's only so many people asking those questions that you can answer. And once you reach that, then you can go from one-on-one to one-on-many. And we do that by doing this podcast, or Chris yeah. does that by doing LMS Cast. And that's when you move from a one-on-one to a one-on-many helping-first approach. Uh, so as helping-first doesn't necessarily mean like answering one-on-one questions all the time. But it can also be doing a webinar, doing a podcast, writing a blog post, yeah. and sharing that with your audience. And that's how you approach the scalable one on many helping approach, and as, as Spencer, then you can uh, throw ads at it and just like knock it out of the park. So you do one on a lot of many people,
1: as Spencer describes my activity, my smoozing as he as he calls it. Uh, um, I, I try to smooth as much as possible. Oh, uh, um, Stephen, cool. uh, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, have you got any final words? Make it quick, please. Yeah, I'll make
6: it real fast. Uh, so I was really interested to hear what you guys were saying, especially. Video about how we engage with like one-on-one before going to ads. I feel like I've always taken direct opposite approach with all the different startups that I've been involved with. If the product can't stand by itself, then the product isn't actually solving a need that's big enough. And so um, the way that I've always approached solving things is run some ads, like so you're not in front of it. People aren't buying you. They aren't buying your consulting services. They're buying the product that you're trying to sell. And if you can get Some people that they're like, whatever the metric is, email addresses, sales, whatever that is, then like move into that one-on-one help because that's where you're actually going to start creating that initial scale that needs to happen. Um, But if a product can't stand by itself, then people are just buying your consulting services and then it becomes really hard to move out of the one-on-one sale process and into the like one-to-many conversation that Adrian was saying just a little bit Mm ago. I
2: suppose it depends on your purpose, right? Because I'm, like, directly attached to Groundhog as Chris is to Lifter LMS, as Spencer is to launchlow as Vito is to WP Feedback. Like, all of us are, in, are, are like, intrinsically attached. We're, like, the personalities of our products in a lot of different ways. And I think I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because people buy from people that they trust. And by putting a personality behind the brand, the customer you know, even if even if you have like a really bad product, if you're a really trustworthy person and you can convey the fact that you're going to go to the mat in order to ensure that this person gets their problem solved, then the shortcomings of your product are, are a lot less damning to that customer relationship.
6: If, if you're going to the person first for the product, then you own a consulting business with a product. If you can go to the product and then have, people that will help behind the product, then you have a product with, you know, support and services behind it. But at some point in the day, I think if you want to have a true product that you sell, you have, the product has to lead. And there can be a a face behind it. You can be the person leading the charge, but it's still like, like an army has a general, but the army represents the nation or the country, not the general. Although there's somebody that's, you know, talking and voicing in the PR person or whatever. Um, I don't think
2: it's mutually
1: exclusive, but yeah, yeah, fair point. Right, you know, um, we're going to have to drop the other stories because um, we spent um, a lot of time. We had some interesting stories to discuss. Let's go on our recommendations. And I'm going to start off with me. My recommendation is Link Whisper. It's not the cheapest plugin. Um, now, what does it do? Well, I've been using it for the past couple of days it's $70 a month, um, and then it, you install the plugin. Um, like I say, it's, but anybody that's attempting to build internal link structures, you, on your website of any size, and the WP Tonic website is a pretty big website, you know that it's painful. Um, this really provides what I found to be the best interface and the best, best tools for allowing you to quickly build internal um, link structures that Google really loves. So I would highly rate it. But like I say, it starts off at $70 a month. So it's not the cheapest tool you're going to find. But um, if you're really serious about your SEO, and about your activities around that, I would highly recommend it. And they're not giving me any money to say that either. There we go. Uh, um, Chris, have you got anything to recommend to the WP Tonic Tribe?
3: Muted. Muted. i got a new online education business income calculator, and this mm. is driven out of my... Uh, the audience of course creators, people building training-based membership sites, one of the most common questions we get asked is how much should I charge? Or more importantly, what is my course worth or what is my market's willingness to pay? So we developed an uh, online course or membership site income calculator that people can get a sense based on asking three, or let's say answering three very important questions, honestly, about them, their product and their market. Uh, to give them a sense of what they could actually expect to earn in a revenue per user per year. So that's at lifterlms.com forward slash calculator.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, put all this into chat. Um, it really helps panel. Vito, you got anything you got to recommend to the uh, WP no, Tonic Tribe? Nothing really kind of that
4: I could think of uh, this week. Uh, yeah, I'll just allow you guys to move on. But I really like like what you did with Chris uh it's funny because literally today we started building some not a, like but it's some kind of a calculator that makes sense for our target audience. Uh, so I think it's a great way to engage for, from our point of view. Uh, but also, it's a great value add because it's like a quick win. You know, you get the knowledge straight away without needing to read like um, a book, basically, which what is what you would do to try and learn how to do that on your own.
1: Yeah, Spencer, have you got anything to recommend to the tribe? I do.
5: I have a two for Friday. So um, I don't often do a lot of graphical stuff because obviously the page builders have a lot of content and I use pixels and things for images, but I needed to make some logos for a website to put into little widgets of Elementor. So I revisited two plugins I had previously used and taught to use. One is pixlr.com, P-I-X-L-R.com. I challenge anybody to find any reason to crack open Photoshop when you have Pixlr because it's just <laughs> a WYSIWYG, awesome, easy, free. And you can even save and mix them, anything you want to do in an instant. But then I used it with remove.bg. So you go grab, let's say, uh, some partner friend logos and stuff that have backgrounds. You throw it up and remove BG, takes out all the background immediately, which, by the way, also works perfectly with human beings with lots of hair. It's
1: amazing, isn't
5: it? Yeah, Yeah, you take the remove BG image, pop it up in a Pixlr, grayscale it out, download it, throw it up to, I guess the third one would be tiny.png, and you optimize the size, boom. That's your holy trinity of free online, take anything you need and make it the way you want for Mm -hmm. images. And uh, I, I had to use that this week, and it was like,
1: Little the, the least money that I, I have to give to Adobe, the more happier I, I am. Uh, that's what I've so, <laughs> No login, no registration, just use their stuff. There you go, uh, Adrian. You got anything to recommend to the W P Tonic tribe?
2: Yeah. So uh, I, I just I have a a second article uh, about. Uh, community building and three essential pillars that you need to have in a, in a successful community. Uh, these are observations that I've made of my own community, of Chris's community, of Spencer's community, of Vito's community, and all of the other communities that I belong to. And these three things uh, spark engagement, spark thought, uh, and they really ensure that your your community doesn't become stagnant, which is something that a lot of uh, people with platform or education-based companies, are, that's, a, that's a roadblock that they have to overcome. So three observations that I've made uh, about successful communities and how you can go about implementing them.
1: Oh, great. Put it into chat. Stephen, you got anything to recommend to the tribe? Yeah, uh, I'm going to recommend Baratza
6: coffee grinders. Uh, I have a Baratza coffee grinder and it stopped working. Which oh. was, would be like, why would I recommend something that stops working? Because I Googled... My problem, because that's what you do these days. And Mm -hmm. instantly they have this guide that you can go through to troubleshoot it. And then it's like, oh, you need a new motor. Here, you can buy a motor here, and here's a guide to replace the motor. And so all I had to do was buy a motor, and it wasn't like a super technical process. Like they make everything super easy, plug and play. And as I dug into it deeper, you can literally like replace every single component of the coffee grinder that all you need is like a screwdriver. And It's just a really cool philosophy building something that you can fix and replace yourself and not have to get rid of if it stops working.
1: That's fantastic. Um, Before we wrap up the show, I want to talk about our next webinar. I haven't told Spencer this, but I will be doing the start of the webinar and I will be talking about how do you identify your audience and how do you build an audience before you use Spencer's great product. Basically, too many people build a business and haven't really worked out how they're going to get an audience first so I'll be starting that discussion and then I'll be letting Spencer talk about the technology to build your shopping cart and funnel experience and um, we will be doing this on the 7th of July that's Tuesday the 7th of July um, at 9am Pacific Standard Time it should be a blast you know Spencer loves working with me so much uh, um, But I there we it
5: in my calendar right now i just know i
1: just All found out right. <laughs> are you gonna go on holiday on the 7th then or are you gonna find a... <laughs> it th- you
5: know i don't think you'll know the difference between whether i'm here or there because the only difference would be if i have a lake in the background or something but it's the yeah, same there,
1: there we are connection. but be on, it's on the 7th of july tuesday the 7th of july 9 a.m how do you sign up for it i've made it really very easy you go to the wp tonic website my beloved tribe you go up to um the main navigation and there's a button that says free webinar. You click it and then you just sign up for it. And then you will be emailed reminders about when when we're having this great webinar. So please join us. You'll be able to ask me and Spencer questions at at the end of our presentations. We're we're up for answering anything that you might think of. So it should be quite entertaining. We had a good crowd join us at the first one. Um, and we are we are committed to making better and better for you beloved WP tribe members. Um, so Chris, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
3: You can find me at lifterlms.com. And if you've ever thought about creating a course or a training-based membership site, or you want high-paying clients who need those sorts of things, check out my podcast called LMS Cast.
1: And Vito, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
4: Uh, come visit us uh, either on Facebook. I'm reading Edge's article. It's really great. Uh, so find us on Facebook, WP Feedback uh, Pro Community, and
1: over on our website, wpfeedback.com. That's great. And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
5: Yep, you can find me over at launchflows.com.
1: Oh well, that's, That was simple. Uh, Agent, how can people
2: find out more about you when you're up to? Uh, so if you need help with uh, launching your business and your marketing funnels and anything to do with really getting off the ground, you can find me at groundhogwith2gs.io, and I will do my best to help you out.
1: And Stephen, how can people find out more about you when you're up to?
6: Find out more at zipfish.io. If you're uh, frustrated with just being on a fast server, but your website's still slow and need a little code optimization, we
1: do both. And my beloved tribe, if you really want to support the w p tonic show, go to the w p Tonic website and sign up for our monthly newsletter uh, I'm really revamped it, and um it 's much more easier much more materials, interesting links. Everything we cover in um, the uh, roundtable shows is um, all the best plugins. I put a lot more effort into the newsletter, so please sign up for it. And also, if you're really, really generous... Go to iTunes and leave us a review. That really helps the show as well. We'll be back next week with another great roundtable show, great panelists, great stories. Should be a blast. We we'll see you soon, folks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.